0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
1: Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. It is a Thursday and we have lots to talk about as the Chiefs get ready to host their second consecutive AFC championship game. We're pretty excited. Chris is from Chiefs Digest. I'm from RGR Football and Rogue Analytics. And the story of the day is the Chiefs had a couple of guys that weren't ready to go on Wednesday's practice.
0: It's a little concerning, but, you know, a couple of them have a, have uh, some illnesses that they're dealing with. Matt Moore and LaShawn McCoy specifically did not practice because they are dealing with illnesses. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. They will be fine uh, going into later this week, although it's kind of funny because LaShawn McCoy only played one snap in the game against the Houston Texans. So big question mark whether or not he's even in the game plan going forward. Uh, then you start looking at. You know, Chris Jones didn't practice, but he was actually at practice, which I think is a story in and of itself. In that, usually, if if you're going to come in and you're going to get
1: treatment and that treatment either doesn't go well or they evaluate your timeline. Most teams evaluate timelines on injuries every single day that you're there. So if they realize, hey, we don't think he's going to make it there, like why even let him go out to practice?
0: Right. And he did not. He was not even on the practice field on Friday. So to me, that is a better sign that he's actually there. He's learning the game plan that they're putting in this week, which he could do outside of practice regardless. But uh, it's a good sign in my mind that he is there at practice. And then Travis Kelsey was limited. Uh, That's really kind of what you expect at this point. Uh, He played through his hamstring injury, so you can't imagine that that's really going to keep him out this game. Uh, The knee injury is more of a knee bruise from what Andy said last week. So I imagine Kelsey is going to be healthy, but there's no reason he needs to be out there for practice. Uh, Mahomes and him are obviously on the same page. We saw that uh in the inside the NFL comments.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would hope so, right? Uh if not, I, I'd hate to see them get any more inside each other's heads.
0: Yeah. I, I'm sure that they could, but man, they're pretty close as is.
1: Yeah, and that's that's something that comes from from working together, from practicing together to being on the same page uh day in, day out. And so even though he's limited, I, I don't see that being a problem or or limiting their their connection in any way. Um, I do feel like they are the tandem that's gonna drive this, and hopefully the Tennessee Titans are gonna feel that way too.
0: Yeah, and I would expect they're going to, you know, you start looking at uh, what they were able to do the last time they played them. Kelsey didn't have as big of a game as Tyree Kill did. Uh so I think that they're the Titans are gonna have to be looking at, you know, maybe stopping Tyree Kill uh as much as they didn't the last time because Hill had over 150 yards and two touchdowns should have been three touchdowns. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um but at this point, you have to think that uh, they're going to be looking to stop Kelsey after the game he had last week.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. And the, and the other guy that had a big game and Damian Williams, he clearly is, is the lead right now. Uh, whether it's, it's the one snap for Shady or it's not practicing due to illness or whatever, clearly it's not what we thought. I expected him to play in platoon a little bit with Damian last game. I don't expect that unless something goes wrong with Damian.
0: Yeah. I mean, Daniel Williams has been playing fantastic. He, he looked fantastic. Uh, and fantastic probably isn't good enough in pass protection. Uh, he took out some players with just cutting their legs out. And, and that may seem like a small thing, but when you're talking about cutting the legs out from Whitney Merciless and JJ Watt, that's not a small thing. <laughs> that's a big ask of your running back. And he did it. And he is the reason they scored those touchdowns that uh, went to Kelsey on the edges. Um, so I think that's a fantastic start. And then you also look at, a situation that we really didn't talk about last week because we didn't know what was going on. But Claiborne is back at practice now. He wasn't at practice at all last week. He was dealing with a personal issue. So he's back at practice this week. The question is, is he going to be somebody they're going to be looking at playing? Uh, After the way Fenton's played, I don't know that you can really say that Claiborne would be an upgrade.
1: Oh, I don't know about that, but I I don't know what kind of shape he's in. He hasn't practiced in quite a while, so I don't know that it's something he can contribute in. I will say that, especially if you're talking about being on the boundary, um, his experience out there I do think would would make me play him over Fenton. I think Fenton's got a great edge, and he's been good in relief. But I do still feel like I, I like Fenton better inside in the nickel. Is, is that just me?
0: Well, and I guess really where I'm going with that is is I don't know how you're going to go into this game without one of those guys being inactive. And I don't think you can take Fenton off the field, uh, especially for special teams, uh, but also for what he's done on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think you're going to have to dress, you know, I don't think Yelder's going to play this week, and maybe that's how you carry an extra defensive lineman, but you're going to have to figure something out to have an extra body uh, on the defensive line. You don't need as many corners this week, and Claiborne hasn't played in the past several. So honestly, unless he's a 100% and they think he's absolutely ready to play, I think they should go with Fenton this week.
1: I think you're probably right, and I kind of expect that to happen. When we get back from this break, folks, we're going to dig deeper into matchups, who should play where, what's going to go on. Um, just in our initial look, we're going to have our full preview show for you on Friday, uh, but for now, that's where we're going to start. And then to close the show, we're going to have Matt Derrick back. Can you believe it's conference championship week already? Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before every run throw and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line it's simple draft your lineup stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition nothing adds to the sweat like watching a game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit plus for a limited time you can get all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500 that's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs just download the DraftKings app now and use the code Locked On for a Limited time, both new and existing users get a deposit bonus of up to five hundred dollars on your next deposit. New users, be sure to use the code locked on during your sign up, and you'll get a free shot at seven hundred and fifty grand with your first deposit. That's code locked on, and you can get up to five hundred dollar draft deposit bonus only at DraftKings. So let me ask you this just in general, how surprised were you that the Titans got to this point in beating Baltimore in particular?
0: I'm very surprised to beat Baltimore. I expected that Baltimore was going to be able to run on him, and and it was not going to be a close game. Uh, Baltimore, well, okay, let me rephrase that. I, I expected that Baltimore would win. I didn't think it would be close. But I did say a couple of weeks ago when it came out that they were going to arrest uh, Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson and some of their other starters in Week 17. That could come back to haunt them, and I think it really did in some ways. I think they came out and they weren't really uh, on the same page the entire game. Uh, and I think that really hurt them, and they got off to a bad start with an interception early, and Tennessee jumped out to a lead, and then Henry just wore them down. What I will say going into this game, though, can Henry's body, and this is one of the keys for me, can Henry's body take the kind of pounding he's taken the past two weeks, a third week in a row?
1: And that's a, a fair question because I'm, I'm trying to look at it right now. Let's see, where would he go? He, his number of touches has been quite remarkable. 303 on the season to this point. And that's just carries. I'm sorry. That's not even touches. It's not like he's a, a huge target out of the backfield. That is one aspect that we'll address tomorrow in, in how their offense has to work. And I do feel that it is one of those things that he does continue to pound. He has that frame that allows him to take that abuse. Does that catch up with him? I don't think so, but you never know. Anytime you're in that, that plus three, three twenty kind of range in, in carries, strange things start to happen.
0: Yeah. And and I I love Derrick Henry as a player. I think he's a fantastic player, and I think that's a great thing for Tennessee to be able to have. I just when you look at thirty-two touches against um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, who are a very physical team, and then you look at the game before that where he had thirty-four rushes and one catch uh so thirty five touches I mean you're looking at you know close to seventy touches in two games. that's yeah. a lot of work, yeah, and he's taking a pounding when he's running the ball, and he's giving a pounding, Don't get me wrong, but he's taking a pounding, and I just wonder if that's going to catch up to him. You know, I did go back and look at this game against the chiefs the first time around against the Titans because I thought that there were a lot of things that were left undone by Kansas City and I will say this. I'm not saying that Tennessee cannot win. That's not what I'm saying. But what I will say is Kansas City left easily 19 points on the field that day. Easily.
1: Yeah, um, that that's fair. It was quirky. It was a, a game that I didn't feel Mahomes was, was 100%. Certainly not what we've <laughs> seen the last few weeks from Patrick Mahomes. Okay,
0: I, I have to laugh at that just a little bit because you know what his stats were for that game. And I know stats aren't everything. No. But refreshing. refreshed 36 for, 36 for 50 for 446 yards and three touchdowns.
1: Yet he still didn't look 100% no. to me. <laughs> no, I, I don't disagree
0: with that. I'm just saying it's kind of funny because I'm sitting here looking at 450 yards passing, basically, and you're saying he didn't look right. Now, the other thing I will say is that he should have had four touchdowns because he overthrew Tyree Kill by about three yards in the second quarter, I believe. Uh, which would have put Kansas City up 21-0.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be... he missed be, that throw. I think it's going to be a factor. I don't see him missing throws. As as we've seen him start out um, a little bit hectic, a little bit uh, frantic in his ball placement in other big games, I haven't seen that. I, I didn't see it last week. He looked like he was on target, looked like he was playing within himself. We didn't see those overthrows that we've seen him be overexcited in the past. Yeah. I think that's key. And, and,
0: no, and I agree. I do think it's key. And real quick, just so I can clarify, uh, they should have been up 21-0 at that point. Uh, it would have put them up tw- uh, 17-0 uh, because on the drive before, Kansas City gets down to second and six at the 16-yard line, and they throw a ball to Travis Kelsey who runs it in, runs over two or three Titans in the process, and scores a touchdown, and it gets called back for a offensive pass interference on Tyreek Hill. The very next play, uh, Cameron Irving gets called for holding. So at that point, they go from a touchdown to second and 26. And they end up kicking a field goal.
1: Yeah. Which they is one of the few times I can remember where game. second and long or third and long actually affected them.
0: Right. And, but they beat themselves in that game. They had too many penalties. They had four penalties the week before against the Minnesota Vikings. And then they had six penalties. Uh, by the time that drive ended, the second drive ended. They had already had six penalties in that game.
1: That's pretty impressive, and I, I think they've done much better in terms of penalties lately, and especially in the playoffs. I mean, given it's just one game, but it, I feel like they're back on track. I thought they were firing pretty well. Um, the mistakes that caused them to go down so early, I, I don't think are, and it pretty fluky when you look at it all. Um, and well, when
0: just, I, it didn't look like the players were dialed in right.
1: Honestly. Right. And and whether that was rust or preparation or, or whatever it was, um, I don't think you have to worry about that this week. They, they have a grudge this week. And especially when you look at what the Titans have done the last few weeks, just in the playoffs, 418 yards on the ground versus 154 in the air.
0: Yep. And so that's, you know. I said last night on Twitter, and, and I'll say this again, I'm not trying to say that Kansas City cannot lose this game. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what I will say is going back and watching how they played and how they lost that game, here are my biggest keys for Sunday. And this is, and you're going to laugh at me. Jump out to a quick lead, keep the penalties to a minimum, catch the ball, and limit turnovers.
1: Catch the ball and limit turnovers. That sounds like pretty much every game plan I've ever seen.
0: Exactly, (laughs) but that's my point. Because if they play their game and they play their game the way that they can play it on offense, they're not going to lose this game. They have to. If they execute, they will not lose. It's the question of whether or not they execute. And I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm done. (laughs) No, you're right. I'm trying to agree with you. If you'd calm down a little bit, Geez. No, I know. No, No, I.
1: I'm with you. It was fun to watch. And the balance of power on that particular team. Ryan Tannehill has had a great season. Um, he won me my fantasy league. He's done good things through the air, and despite that, he went from, what was it, 70, 77, 77, 77, 63, and 66. Those are his completion percentages as they close the regular season. In two playoff games, he's 56 and 53%, respectively. And I think that's significant. It It is a secondary despite a couple of hiccups that the chief secondary is very good. And it does come down to if you play your strength versus your strength, uh, I'm sorry, strength versus weakness. And we'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow about the specifics. But if you do that, it basically boils down to the chiefs, high powered passing offense against the Titans, high powered run offense. And of in terms of time, I think that limits what the, the Tennessee Titans are going to be capable of when we get back from this break, we'll dig into it deeper in in the specifics about how the game flow could work. I didn't mean to cut you off there before the break. Where were you going?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did. It's okay. No, what I do like, and what I, what I liked watching last night is it's really hard after 17 games. And then the playoff game, 18 games to remember specific games and how the team played, and I don't have an eidetic memory. I can't see everything like some of the players in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes seems to be able to do. But the one thing that really stuck out to me going back and watching that Tennessee game, Tennessee's defense really never stopped and really never had an answer from Mahomes. And they really never had an answer for Tyreek Hill. And I'm not saying Dean Pease is not a good defensive coordinator. I think he is. Uh, so I do think he's going to approach it a little differently this time around. But I did listen to Tress Paler and I did listen to Charles Robinson today. And one of the things they talked about is, and I completely agree with this, Andy Reid's first 15 plays this week are going to be on point. The yeah. one thing that held them back last week was the team wasn't on point. But I guarantee you, after the way that game went, the team will be on point this week. What I will say, though, is if I'm Kansas City and I'm that offense, I am not trying to get Demarcus Robinson involved early on. (laughs) You don't say. But you start looking at who they had on their offensive line. This is a game they had Martinez Rankin as their left guard, and they had Andrew Wiley as their right guard, and Cam Irving as your left tackle. Mm -hmm. And during the game, you lose Mitchell Schwartz because Cam Irving can't block his guy, and his guy, uh, Harold Landry, comes around and just nails Mahomes. Mahomes goes into Schwartz's leg and Schwartz has to come out for several plays. The very next play, and and Wisniewski went in for Rankin at left guard, and they moved Rankin over to right tackle. Rankin tears his ACL. Yeah. So now you're down your starting left tackle, your starting left guard, who is Wiley, who's playing right guard, your starting right guard in uh, LDT, who wasn't playing that week, and Mitchell Schwartz who was not playing at that point. It was, I believe, they ended up having to go to Nick Allegretti.
1: right? And, and Schwartz
0: ended up coming back in the second half. But that's a fluky situation. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to be that way this week.
1: And that lineup you're talking about is basically the two worst starters they had on that offensive line are the only two guys left in the game at that point. Yeah. So that's, that's so far out of what is normal. Now, injuries happen. Could they lose one of those guys again? Sure. We don't even know what's going on with Wiley, although I I still protest, especially after last week, that uh, Wiz is the better player at left guard. So that I can't
0: imagine after scoring 51 points, they're going to sit with I I just can't.
1: That's kind of where I'm at, too. I I would be pretty surprised. And we don't have an injury update on Wiley yet, folks. We know who practiced, but we don't know anything specific um, about Wiley himself. I was a little surprised he was a scratch last week. So I do hope he's active. Uh, in this next game, because if someone were to go down, especially along the interior, uh, I would want him in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with you. I think it was very surprising to see him not be active after he practiced in full all week. He's practiced in full on Wednesday. I would expect he's going to practice in full you know, Thursday and Friday. Maybe they're just at a point where they think that they're better off without Wiley as a starter. And But it doesn't make sense to me as to why they don't want him as a uh, as somebody that they could sub in, especially going up against a strong defensive line that they are going to have this week uh, in Tennessee, because that is a big concern.
1: Yeah, and oh man, when we talk tomorrow, um Casey is going to come up a lot, folks. So be prepared for that. <laughs> Try—I'm trying not to get into specific players today, so that we leave that for tomorrow. Because when I look, and, and again, I go back to this offensive line is going to be better. With the weapons are better. So we're still talking about the passing attack of the Chiefs being the primary, and we all know how little the run's going to be emphasized by Andy Reid. But it's the run attack of the Titans. And you hear a lot of national media uh, and sports analytics media talking this week that what you have to do is stop Tannehill. It's not about stopping Derrick Henry. And that does make sense in, in some form because that's the X factor. Derrick Henry is going to get his yards. I have no doubt of that. The, the, the dream of keeping him under 100 yards rushing in this next game is just out of dream. But here's the difference. The only thing that the run game can particularly hurt these Chiefs with is those long 60, 80-yard touchdowns because that puts them on pace. It allows them to score quickly like the Chiefs can. It's when they You have mean 60 down...
0: or 80-yard touchdown runs, not drive? Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what just I mean. Just to be
0: specific, I when just he... wanted to clarify.
1: Yeah, you're right. Because when he busts 80 yards in one play, and they score nearly as quickly as the Chiefs can, if not as quickly that puts the pressure back on the chiefs. But if they have to, if they can keep him, you know, six, seven yards to carry just so that they have to take that time off the clock. It actually works in the chiefs favor that time advantage of how the offenses in, in respectively score. It does put pressure on because if the chiefs have three and outs, if they have, pointless drives where they don't come away with increasing a lead. It does bode well for those Titans. And they do have to make sure that when they have possession, especially if Rabel's going to do what I think he's going to do. I mean, uh, Tannehill's Hill's only thrown, uh, he's made 31 attempts. I'm sorry, with, with a sack each 33 attempts in the last two weeks. So I got to think that he's not going to change that formula. It does put pressure in the amount of time that the chiefs have to make sure that they do score on their drives. And if they should have some problems, That's where it's going to get iffy, just like we saw last time. When you have drives that don't score, it allows that running team to get back in contention.
0: Yep. Kansas City, their last time they played the Titans, only had one drive. If you take away the before-half drive, uh, they only had one drive that they did three plays and out. And it was when they were trying to run the ball at the end of the game. They went three runs for eight yards in 30 seconds and kicked the ball back to Tennessee for Tennessee to go down and score. So... They were able to move the ball. They were able to do whatever they wanted to do on offense, and they scored almost every single drive. Uh, sometimes it was field goals, but they still scored. And like I said, they left a lot of points on the board, on the field. But this offense versus that defense, I think that's a great sign for this game going forward. And with way Kansas City played last week, you know that they're clicking at this time. And I think their defense is going to be somebody, you know, one of the things that really stands out to me going into this game, and I know we'll talk more about matchups tomorrow, But you look at what Kansas City is going to have to do and the attitude that they're talking about having right now going into this game, absolutely knowing that what they have to do with Derrick Henry. It's a huge deal. They're not overlooking this game. They're not overlooking Derrick Henry. They know what they have to do there, and they're taking it personally.
1: Yeah, and and it's a different defense. Um, Mike Pinnell all by himself is going to be in the game, so um, that changes things. And before we get too far down the line, let's bring in Matt Derrick and and get an update from him as well. And we're back with... Matt Derrick, I know you guys are really used to his voice, but you got to be checking out everything at ChiefsDigest.com, where you find little tidbits like,
2: Matt knows what's going on with Chris Jones, don't you, Matt? Well, I don't know if I know a whole lot, but we know a little (laughs) bit more about Chris Jones. Um, He was there. He was at practice today. Um, He did not practice. um, but He was on the sidelines. He was there watching, which that's... uh, Usually, what that will tell you at least is that if a player's there on the sidelines and watching, it means a couple of things. And one is that they're, the injury is not so severe that they they can't be on the field for any reason. But two, it also means that they're not undergoing treatment at that time, which is usually the issue with guys that you know don't come out and are, aren't watching practice. They're going through treatment, that's why they're not there. So the fact that he's out there uh, and you know at least hanging out with the, the the defensive line mates, that's a positive. And from what we heard from Andy Reid you know really reiterated the day-to-day nature of that calf injury and that they're just going to, you know, wait and see what happens throughout the week. But I, you get the, you get the sense that they're optimistic that that he will be able to play Sunday. But at the same time, I don't think that they're going to push it because you know, obviously they're they're hoping for one more game and they would rather have him for that one than to lose him completely.
0: Right. And real quick, he was not there at all on Friday, is that correct?
2: That is Last correct. Friday? Yeah. Yeah, he was not at practice at all Friday.
0: That's what I remembered, but I wanted to verify with you because I knew you would know that. Uh, Travis Kelsey was limited today. We kind of already talked about that. Uh, Morris Claiborne came back. Uh, That's an interesting sign. We'll maybe dive into that a little bit. But I did see right before we got on here to talk to you that you you wrote a story about the Chiefs versus the Texans in Week 10. Patrick Mahomes played a game where he threw for 450 yards, three touchdowns, and still left plays on the field, and Kansas City lost.
2: Yeah, and and you know, and the reason why he he left some of those plays on the field was that there was a conscience effort to try and keep him in the pocket, so they weren't ex- you know exposing that that right kneecap to any potential damage. And he, he had the brace on; he was wearing it for that game, and it was the first game back from that injury. So, um, you know, Patrick told us on Wednesday that yeah, he you know he reiter- reiterated that he wasn't real comfortable in that game. He was he didn't he went into it really not knowing what to expect because he. He hadn't had a chance to, you know, run full blast in pads, get hit, all of those things and see what happened. And remember, I mean, the Chiefs did. They made a conscious effort to make sure that he did not have to escape the pocket. They didn't want him taken off. So they did a few things. I mean, you saw some roll out, put some boots. Um, You saw them try and move the pocket that way just naturally so that they could set some things up. But other than that, he was a pretty mobile stationary quarterback that day, other than the jump pass, which is a whole other pass in of itself. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, almost, I almost forgot about that one until I was looking back at the photos and I was like, oh yeah, the jump pass. Yeah, that was a, that was, that was yeah. a highlight moment. Um, but you know, and asking him today how he feels now compared to then, I mean, he's just like, he, he feels so much more comfortable. And Andy Reid says that he sees it, you know, you can see that that he he has that trust in the knee that there's, just, there's no concern there. And you saw it clearly against Houston. I mean, That was classic Mahomes as far as the mobility and the extending plays and getting things done. So I mean, this is a completely different quarterback than than the Texans saw back in November.
0: Especially those boots out on the touchdowns to Kelsey, uh, getting outside the pocket and and getting out there to throw those balls.
2: Yeah, and you know, and I think I think it extends to a lot of other plays too because it was just he he wasn't able to follow through. Um, he, he he was he was a little hesitant about how much you know he could. Really, you know, place of that plant leg and going forward. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, you—I he, mean, he—he he feels much more comfortable than he felt, uh, probably in quite a while. Because you go back to the bruised hand too against the the Patriots. Um, this guy spent most of the season just not feeling very good, and right now he seems like he's pretty comfortable. I mean, he feels like he's feeling pretty good. Well, if Patrick's comfortable, it makes me comfortable, and
1: I personally feel that Derrick Henry <laughs> stole that jump pass from him. So I, I just want that on the record.
0: No, that was, that was from Don Terry
2: Poe. Come on now. Yeah, clearly, clearly Derrick Henry stole that from Don Terry Poe. Did they call it a pig? That's all I want to know. That was, not, that was, the, that was the Tebow pop pass, but it was not hungry pig right.
1: No. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I can't keep him all straight. Overall, with, with you look at Mahomes, and like you said, feeling comfortable back to his old self. That compared with uh, an offensive line that was at 40% by my recollection, um, that really sets this up for the chief strength the uh, the offense to be that much stronger than it was. Um, how do you feel that that stacks up against what is uh, the titans strength their offense as well clearly different styles, but um, they 've scored and they 've put up yardage pretty well. How do you feel that the two of them match up
2: yeah I mean you know you're you're talking about just two completely totally opposite. Philosophies on how to move an offense. I mean, <laughs> um, the the Chiefs are the Chiefs are trying to fast break and turn it into a basketball game, and I guess I guess if you if the if the Titans are playing basketball, it's nineteen forties and there's no shot clock, Hoosiers. and they're just they're just running four corners and trying to keep the keep the game in the teens. Um, it, it is. I mean, it's it's totally different philosophies. I mean, you know, it, but it's it's there's the similar things in the sense that there's one guy you got to stop. I mean, the Titans have got to stop Patrick Mahomes. And if they do that, they got a chance. If the Chiefs can stop Derrick Henry, they're going to be just fine. Um, to, to me, the X factor is that, and I think it's a little bit overlooked, is that the Titans, they've been aggressive. I mean, they've they've taken some chances. Mike Vrabel, and, well, just the Derrick Henry pass in of itself. I mean, they've been pretty aggressive with their play calling. So it hasn't just always been just straight ahead, Derrick Henry in a cloud of dust. Um, they're taking some chances. And they're going to take some chances in this game and the question's going to be, you know, if they can hit on those. If they take some gambles, they they run some trick plays, they they try some misdirection and they hit on those. I mean, that's a little bit how you get into the problems with the Titans. I mean, the, the the Chiefs have got to be ready for that because while 90% of this game plan from the Titans is probably going to be Derrick Henry and old man grown man football, they're going to have some tricks up their sleeve and the Chiefs got to be ready for those.
0: Well, and one thing that you talked about is the Titans, you know, really being attacking and, and really going out and trying to, uh, you know, be aggressive. One thing I talked about with uh, in the Locked On crossover this week is they're not really kicking field goals. So if they get into a position where it's fourth down and they're in field goal territory, I don't expect that they're going to be kicking field goals unless it is a, a shorter kick and it's a fourth and long. Uh, I expect them to be going for it on a regular basis.
2: I think you're right. I mean, that's that's been their nature of late, and I think it's also the the nature of their role. I mean, they're a six seed that no one gave a chance to be here. I mean, they're playing with house money, and if that's right. the case, why wouldn't you just take all the chances? I mean, because I I'll, I'll say this, and I think that the real I think the Titans are realistic enough to know that just going straight up against the Chiefs, I'm not sure that matchup's in their favor. I mean, the Chiefs have a better offense and the Titans' defense, and I think right now even with as well as Derrick Henry's playing, I still, and I think we have evidence from week 10 that the Chiefs' defense is better than the Titans offense. It's just, it's, it's going to come down to a handful of plays. And in November, the Titans made those plays. Derrick Henry breaks off a big run. They get a defensive score. They get, you know, a block field goal. Um That's extra point. how the missed extra point. I mean, that's how the Titans win this game is if they make fewer mistakes and, and, they are able to make a couple of those big plays.
1: And we will get into specific matchups tomorrow, folks. We're going to go through our normal player-on-player, player, what the goals are to ensure a victory and get this team to a Super Bowl. So Don't miss tomorrow. We actually have a couple other things coming for you next week as well once we get past this game uh, one way or the other. So let us know how you're feeling. Make sure you're tuned in tomorrow for the preview show. It's going to be great. We might even have another guest back, so check in for that. We hope that you enjoyed this one and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of rogue analytics and the host of RGR football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work Rate and review at Apple podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.